Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I'm here with you live on Friday. You got a best of because I had a very important wedding to go to. Uh, I went to the wedding of somebody I call my adopted son, Daniel Bradshaw. Some of you in Virginia know who Daniel Bradshaw is. If you're out, out of the state, you probably don't know. But Daniel Bradshaw got married on Friday, and I simply could not miss that. So I took off my programming to make sure that I could be there uh, out in Standardsville. And it was a really wonderful wedding. It really was. Um, you know, weddings can either be very traditional and very kind of, you know, and I, this is not a criticism. It's just, you know, that they can be formulaic. You know, you kind of, because I've got what we used to call, um, oh, we had a book that we, what did we call that book? Um, but I think it was the, it was, it was called, uh, well, you know what, I won't even try. Oh, the star book. It was called the star book. And the star book had, you know, uh, commissions for funerals and weddings and the words you say. And so, you know, very traditional stuff, the kind of stuff you normally hear at a wedding. And, you know, you could follow that. So I'm not criticizing that at all. But I've adopted the ceremonies that I perform to be more biblical, more, more word-centered. And uh, this wedding was definitely biblical and word-centered. It really was. And so it just inspired me and encouraged me. Um, their pastor performed the wedding ceremony, Pastor, pastor Lee, and a really, really great guy, but, but a wonderful couple. Uh, Daniel and Christy Bradshaw are now joined in the bonds of holy matrimony. Two Christians who love God, love this country, and I really believe that God is going to use in a magnificent way. I was honored to be invited and, uh, and really just, uh, here again, couldn't miss it. But I do want to mention, um, they had it at a lodge at Mountain Laurel Pass out in Standardsville, I want to make sure, I think it's called um, the Mountain Laurel Lodge, if I am not mistaken. But don't, don't hold me to that, okay? Uh, yes, it is, it's called the, the Mountain, the Lydia Mountain Lodge and Log Cabins. The Lydia Mountain Lodge and Log Cabins. I just want to say for all you folks in Virginia, anybody else, if you like woods, if you like being out in the open air, you like the mountains, uh, they had their ceremony at the, on the balcony of the lodge overlooking the magnificent, I think I'm pretty sure the Blue Ridge Mountains, but just a magnificent view in the background, really a gorgeous wedding. And I, I want to just commend Daniel and Christy to the Lord, uh, and may they be married all the days of their lives. Uh, I had to leave there and come back to Richmond and speak at the, the Virginia Tea Party Summit. Virginia Tea Party is led by a good friend of mine, Nelson Velez, um, and Nelson is just a tremendous leader and uh, just did a magnificent job uh, bringing patriots together and talking about the issues of the day. And I had an opportunity to share with them and was very proud to do that. Uh, all of you Virginians, uh, I'm going to deal with this in a second, but all of you Virginians who love this country, you love Virginia, you want to get involved with the Tea Party. Um, because as you all know, and I'm going to hear again, I'm going to deal with this in a second. 
you know, the Republican Party can wax and wane. The Republican Party can be okay at times, and then at times it can kind of go off the rails. Um, but the Tea Party has been consistent. And we talked about the fact that, you know, they've been called racist and angry white people and all that. That's all just a bunch of nonsense. These are people who love God, love this country, love the Constitution of the United States, and want to preserve the Judeo-Christian principles of our nation and the, and the constitutional principles of limited government uh, and, and uh, it, it, having the government operate only within its enumerated powers as set forth by the Constitution. And by the way, folks, I talked about this in my sermon, not Sunday, because I was down in another church on Sunday, which I'll talk about in a second. But I talked about it in my sermon last week where I'm talking about uh, authority and in a series called uh, The Power to Prevail. And I talked about transgressing one's limits of authority and how the government is doing that, frankly, in my view, more regularly and perniciously than we've ever seen before. I think COVID, COVID has opened the door for a bunch of little petty tyrants who have basically camouflaged themselves who are now coming out for what they really are and what they really think, which is that they want government to be the masters, they want the people to be the servants, and they think they are the perfect people to serve as those masters in this, in this dictatorial government that they, they envision. Uh, so uh, the Tea Party has been there every step of the way, and the Virginia Tea Party particularly is led by, by just a, a, a wonderful man. I would commend anybody who's interested in getting involved if you got questions about the Republican Party and you're not sure, or maybe where you are, the Republican Party is kind of milk toast, or or not as active, or not as 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 convicted and as consistent as you want it to be, check out the Virginia Tea Party. Check out Nelson Velez. Ask me, well, how do I contact them? Just Google Virginia Tea Party. I don't have the website in front of me right now, but. But if you're interested in that, you know, you can always email me at ewjackson at ewjackson.com and uh, my staff or I will get back to you and give you the information that you're looking for. Uh, so then I left there and drove down to Kannapolis to be with my good friend, Pastor Dean Hunter, and, and uh, sort of a, a home away from home for me, Central Baptist Church and the wonderful people down there and had an opportunity to preach for them on Sunday. That's why I wasn't in my home church on Sunday. I usually speak for Dean once or twice a year and was, was honored. I'm always honored to be invited. Got to spend some time with them. Wonderful congregation, wonderful people, great pastor, great family. And so any of you down in Kannapolis uh, or environs who showed up or know the church I'm talking about, uh, uh, I just want to say thank you. I had a wonderful time. Thank you all for the hospitality. Thank you for everything uh, that we were, are able to experience, which is the warmth, the love of God's people. Uh, and so we're looking forward to coming back with you again as soon as the Lord provides, the pastor desires me to come. So it'll, it'll be a wonderful opportunity. Uh, I, I want to say to all of you, look, I do speaking engagements. That's part of what I do. I consider that to be part of my calling, part of my job. People ask me, do you, will you come speak? Well, of course I will. I mean, that's, that's part of what I do. Uh, it's a big part of what I do, as a matter of fact. And I'll tell you about that in a second, too. It's a big part of what I do. So uh, all you got to do is get in touch with my office. Uh, just here again, you, you can use that same email address, ewjackson, ewjackson.com, and just say, hey, I'd like to invite you to come speak. 
And uh, if you're a church, and so let me just get this out there so you know, I don't charge a fee for churches, okay? I do not charge a fee. Uh, for churches, I come and I'll take whatever the church gives me, and I don't ask for any minimum amount of money. I don't say, well, you got to give me X. I do ask, of course, that my expenses be taken care of because, I mean, I just can't, I can't go out of pocket to do these things um, and use the uh, resources of the organization to pay for my travel, and I do have staff that travel with me. But, but I don't charge churches any fee. You know, churches often give me a love offering or take up an offering or something like that, but, but they don't do it because I requested it. They do it because they just feel it's in decency and order. The Bible says the labor is worthy of his hire. Now, for other organizations, I do, have, I do have a fee structure, and it depends upon the size of the organization, what their mission is, what their goal is, and all of that. Um, of course, I, I'm very flexible because I want to get the word out to as many places, as many people as I can. I have to admit sometimes I probably need to limit that because I, I, I end up running a lot, um, traveling a lot. But nevertheless, if you're interested in having me come speak for your group, just get in touch with me and say, hey, we'd love to have you come speak for us. And uh, my executive assistant will tell you what the, what the parameters are, what the requirements are. Here again, if you're not a church, there is a fee structure, but, it, but it's, we're usually flexible about it, depending on who you are, the organization you represent, and all that. Uh, because I, I realize that some people are trying to get something important started, and they can't afford to, to pay uh, my fee, and, and so we just work out something with them so that I can be of service, because that's what my commitment is to. My commitment is to being of service to you. And for local organizations, you know, I mean, I often speak effectively gratis. I mean, they might pay me to give me a little bit something for my gas or that, something like that. But I, I want to be of help. I want to be of service. It's not about me. Uh, I, don't, I don't speak to make money. I speak to get the word out. I speak to advance our cause. And of course, I do need to be compensated because it's part of how, how I live and take care of my, my, my family and my responsibilities. So, um, as I pastor a church, I don't take any salary from the church, anything like that. Uh, my, my work for the church is strictly voluntary, and, um, and I'm, I'm happy to serve. You know, the church does help me with things. I mean, they help, they help me with vacation, that kind of thing, uh, and give little love offerings here and there. In fact, speaking of that, we're having our founders celebration on the first. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad that, um, that I'm doing this. I'm taking up more time than I plan, plan to, but that usually happens, doesn't it? Um, on December the 4th and 5th, Saturday evening, December the 5th, uh, 4th, and, and twice on Sunday, uh, we will be having Founders Appreciation Services. And those services are to, to just basically celebrate my ministry and what God is doing uh, for people through me. And uh, I'd love to have any of you watching come be a part of that. Now, I won't be doing the preaching so that you know. That's, that's a time off for me to not preach. I'm being preached to, <laughs> not doing the preaching. So I've got um, my colleague and friend, uh, Bishop Sidney Davis, preaching on Saturday night. And then a, a, a longtime spiritual son, I like to say my number one son, uh, spiritual son, um, Pastor Cecil Bly coming on Sunday. He'll be preaching the morning and the afternoon services. He's the pastor of More Grace Ministries in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, somebody I licensed to preach 40 years ago. 
and he's now pastoring his own church. He's also, in it, like me, he's also an attorney, by the way, only he actually practices law. He's general counsel, as a matter of fact, for a stand. Uh, so he will be there. So I invite you all to come, you know, come celebrate with us. I'd love to see you. I'd love to have a chance to meet you and talk to you. That's December the 4th, Saturday evening, December the 4th at 6, and then Sunday at 11 and 3. So you have three, three different services you can choose. Or come to all three. We'd love to see you. Now, uh, so with, with all that, oh, oh, one other thing, one other housekeeping thing I need to get out of the way. Look, uh, I, I am going to be saying this again and again and again, uh, so I hope you will take note of it, and if at the very least, pray for me. I am doing more than I have the staff and the resources to handle. But by the grace of God, we're getting it done. So I need volunteer help. Uh, for example, down to Central Baptist Church, um, when I, I went there, I couldn't take some of my staff with me, and I needed help there. And when I travel, I always need help. I, I can't take enough people with me to do the things that need to be done. So when I'm traveling, I always need one or two more people. If you're interested in volunteering to help, uh, and no matter where you are, because I've traveled the entire country. So at some point, I'm coming somewhere near where you are. And if you want to help me, here again, email me at ewjackson at ewjackson.com and say, hey, Bishop, I'd like to help you. I'd like to volunteer. I but let me know where you live. I live in. Uh, and, uh, and that way, we'll put you on our list. And when I'm coming your way, I will get in touch with you and say, hey, I'm coming. Can you help us out? And we'll brief you and let you know exactly what kind of help we need. Um, I also need help locally. If you're here in the Virginia area, uh, I would encourage you to come visit our church, 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake. Come visit the church and see where we are. See how our church operates. And if you've got gifts and talents and abilities that, that you feel God wants you to put to use and they're not being put to use right now, maybe you're on you're between betwixt and between finding a church or what, whatever the situation. Um, I'm looking for volunteers. I need, I need people to come and help us, particularly with our sound and video ministry. Uh, I really need someone with, with expertise in that area who can work with my technician, work with my consultant, uh, and work with my staff who, who basically manages all of that to keep moving that up in excellence. Um, so, I mean, we've got volunteer help, not enough of it yet, but we have some volunteer help, but we also need some, some people with, with real expertise in this area. So if that's something that interests you, if you know some young person who is interested in this stuff and is trying to develop their skill and ability at it, and tell them, hey, you know, and they're, con they're conservative and Christian and interested in, in trying to help save the country. That's something that's on their hearts and minds. Tell them, hey, get in touch with Bishop Jackson. He said he's looking for people to help him. So, again, email me at that, at that email address um, and, and stop by the church and introduce yourself. We'd love to meet you. And for those of you who are looking for a church home where somebody's preaching the word of God, uh, I, I, I tell you, that's what we're dedicated to we're dedicated to. Now, we're not perfect people any more than anybody else is, but we, we are certainly dedicated to making sure that the Word of God is our number one priority. Um, and I really believe that if we do that, the Lord will build the rest around it. You know, the, the church that we have, my wife and I founded, we founded this church. So it's, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's not, a, we didn't just start it up last year, 
but it, but it really is a new plant still trying to get its roots uh, in the community. And of course, as you all know, I am considered by some to be a controversial figure because I do not mince words and I do not play around with the truth. I don't preach some racial nonsense, you know, about, oh, the black people need to, you know, uh, we, we, we're black, uh, please, uh, you know, I'm not some CRT, Barack Obama sycophant. Uh, I'm going to preach the word of God. And I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your background. And I don't believe that the problem in America is race anyway. I believe the problem in America is sin. And there's only one antidote to sin. It's not Black Lives Matter. The antidote to sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's the solution. That's the antidote. That's what will extract the poison that is destroying our culture right now. So if you're looking for that kind of straightforward, word-based preaching that's not going to mince words. When I see the Democrat Party doing stuff that's sinful and out of uh, wrong, I'm going to call it out. I've got a right under the First Amendment and a, and a God-given right to say whatever I want to say from the pulpit. I mean, as long as I'm not telling lies and slandering people and saying things about people that are, are not true, that kind of thing, uh, I'm going to tell the truth. And I'm going to apply the word of God to every circumstance of life. And by the way, I'm going to do that for the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, or anything else. I don't care what it is. I am not going to be marginalized and, and categorized and put in a box and say, well, now you can't get out of that. No, I'm going, to, I'm going to preach the whole counsel of God wherever it takes us, period. Now, if that's what you're looking for, look no further. Come on over to 943 Canal Drive, and we, we would love to minister to you there. Uh, some of you are Andrew Womack supporters. Uh, if you like Andrew Womack, Andrew Womack and I are good friends. I was just on his uh, Truth and Liberty program uh, a, about a week ago. Yeah, a week ago today. I was on it last Monday night. Uh, but if you're looking for somebody who believes that the word of God is the primary thing and that everything else flows from that, come on over. Because I really believe that Andrew and I are of the same spirit. That's why I believe God has joined us together and we've got such a great, not only working relationship, but a great friendship. So come on over. We would love to have you um, because I, I really, really treasure uh, my relationship with him. Um, okay, let's think. I think that's all of the, um, of the sort of housekeeping stuff I need to, to square away. Now, I'm going to do something very unusual in the, oh, wait a minute. So yeah, let me, first of all, Leah, let me get to this and I'll get, I'll get, I'll get let me, let me get to this. Then I'll get to that. <laughs> um, and I, I have puzzled whether to do this, but I'm going to do it because I think, I think I need to do it. I think that's what my platforms are for in part. Um, I travel a lot. In fact, my wife and I were talking about this and I said, between campaigns and speaking engagements and all of that, I said, I probably stayed in hotels, let's say over the last decade, probably 500 times, 400 times maybe, but it's, it's hundreds, hundreds of times. Because um, when I was campaigning, I had a couple campaigns that lasted over a year each, I was probably staying in two or three or four hotel rooms a night. So, I mean, that, that's 200 in a year's time. That's 200 hotel stays in a year's time. And I mean, I'm talking about different places. 
you know, one hotel tonight, another two hotel tomorrow. And uh, so, and then with my travel, I mean, I've stayed in every kind of hotel you can imagine from the seediest to <laughs> the most <laughs> luxurious. Um, I have had three bad experiences and I just feel like because of the way I've been treated in each case that you ought to know. Now, this is, look, three bad experiences for hundreds of times is probably not even statistically uh, significant, but it's significant to me. And I think it can be significant to you and some of you may have experienced it. But on three occasions, I've gone to hotels and found bed bugs. On three occasions. Two of them were Hampton Inns. And I don't stay in Hampton Inns. So if you invite me to stay, just know I'm not staying in Hampton Inn. <laughs> okay. First time, it can happen to anybody, baby. Second time, it's a trend. Um, and of course, I don't want to... I don't want to be gross about this, but if you've ever laid down and awakened itching and found bugs in your bed, it has a very, very devastating psychological impact. You know what I mean? <laughs> because, because now you gotta, you gotta, is it in my, are they in my clothes? Are they in anything else? Did they, you know, I mean, now you're scrambling to try to figure out Okay, the first time it happened, I slept all night, woke up itching all over the place and couldn't figure out what in the world is going on. And then it hit me. I don't know what caused me to think of it, but I said, let me look at that bed. Is there something? And I looked at the bed and sure enough, what did I find? Bed bugs and then spots of blood where they had been eating on me all night. Um, well, folks, you don't get over that after the incident, because first of all, bed bug itches last one to two weeks, number one, but number two up here, are they in my shirt? Are they in my clothes? Are they in my bag? Did they get, did I bring them home? I had to bring somebody in to do an estimate of the first time it happened and say, well, what would it cost to fumigate my home? If, if I, if these things, if I did in fact bring them home. And this was, this was, oh, seven, six, seven years ago, maybe five, at least $6,000. This is no joke. This is no joke, folks. $6,000. I said, Phew. I'm thinking to myself, well, Lord, I hope I don't see any, because I know if I see any, then I know I've got to do it. And, and uh, so, but I never, I never saw any. Okay. That was that. Then went back a second time and basically same thing all over again. Well, this happened the third time in a Homewood Suites. Now, both of these are now owned by Hilton. I don't know whether there's a little issue with Hilton. I don't know. Uh, or maybe it's because Homewood Suites are used by some people as homes. And I guess people on welfare may stay in them. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. And by the way, I'm, I'm told that anybody, any hotel, a five-star hotel could have bed bugs. It, that it has nothing to do with class. Uh, I don't know about that, but... Okay, that has nothing to do with class. It has nothing to do with the, the rating of the hotel. I don't know about that either. Because if people are living in less than desirable circumstances where they're more likely to encounter that kind of problem, then they go to a hotel that they can afford. They're more likely to bring that stuff with them. 
okay? I mean, because I've stayed in luxurious hotels. Now, here again, most of the hotels I've stayed in have probably been three-star hotels. I mean, you know, I used to stay in Hampton Inns all the time. I used to stay, I still stay in Marriott uh, Courtyard hotels, you know, the sort of the three-star Marriott. Um, I've stayed in Homewood Suites before and haven't had a problem. But on this particular occasion, thank God I didn't sleep all night. Fell asleep, taking a nap, figuring I was going to get up and start getting myself together for tomorrow. But I was really, really tired because I've been traveling for two days by that point. And woke up itching. And I'm thinking, ah, it's probably just fatigue and who knows. But then I realized something, that the itching was all on the same side of my body. And then I thought, that's the side I was laying on. Uh-oh. Flip back the covers. Two great big old bed bugs crawling around. Now, folks, I just want to say to you all that when you go to a hotel, check the bedding and check it closely. I'm serious about this because you don't want this experience. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Because, you know, once that happens, of course, in this last occasion, we immediately picked up, moved. I, I called, and this is partly why I'm saying this. So I called the front desk and say, I found bed bugs in the bed. Oh, 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 okay. You know, we don't have any more hotel rooms, but, you know, we're, we're going to move you to another hotel. Then I get the call back. Oh, my manager said, there's nothing we can do because it has to be independently verified by a manager. So that's all we can tell you. I mean, just basically just drop me like a hot potato. Like you got bed bugs. That's your problem. Not ours. So we picked up and left. They charged the cards because I had some staff with me. They charged the cards after we found bed bugs. Homewood Suites. Now I'm an honors member of Hilton because like I said, I travel all the time. So I've got honors. Just you name the hotel. I'm probably a member of their honor system and got a lot of points and all that stuff, which I don't even know how to use. I don't even, I, you know, but, but nevertheless, I, I, I am a Hilton honors member. I think a, a gold or silver or something. I don't know what. And they just basically dropped me like, that's your problem. I said, well, and because what we, some of my staff came over and we actually caught them. Okay so that we would have absolute proof that I took pictures of them. I said, well, somebody could come on up right now. I said, I've got the proofs. It's right in front of me. Put them in plastic cups so that you could see them. One was still alive. The other one I drowned in the sink, but one was still alive. Uh, that's not, we, there's nothing we can do. We packed up. It was like a James Bond movie. <laughs> you know, grabbed our luggage whoosh, and, and went and stayed at a Western. Uh, much, much further away. Had to, had to go drive quite a bit. Uh, had to drive about 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes to get to, to the hotel. And, and it was fine then. But I'm telling you this because, A, you need to check the bedding in hotels. If you go to hotels, make sure you check the bedding. Okay? I've had it happen three times now. And, and by the way, when I, I, if I did this. You said, well, didn't you check the first time when you got I did. And you know what? I found something, but I didn't know what it was. If you find little dark spots or it's a, a little dark strip of something that it doesn't look like, it's not lint, that's, that's bed bug fecal matter. And I did see that, but I didn't know what it was. 
And then later on, I looked it up and realized that's what it was. That was bed bug fecal matter that I was looking at. And I should have known right there, but I, but I, I thought, well, it's just a piece of something or another, you know, who, who knows. Until the little critters came right on out after I fell asleep and began to feast on me. <laughs> now, folks, I hope, I, I hope all of you are saying, get him off there, get him off there. I don't want to hear about bed bugs. <laughs> Check the bedding in these hotel rooms and look for clusters, look for little black things. And look, if you stay in a hotel, when I walked into this hotel room, there were stains on the carpet. And when I checked the bedding, I noticed there was a hole in the um, mattress cover, not the sheet, but the mattress cover underneath. I'm thinking, not a good impression, okay? Oh, and then I've been told by the, uh, by the hotel manager that they'd had 15 cars broken into the night before on the on the hotel parking in the hotel parking lot. I'm thinking, oh my, and I'm driving my car, okay? And then, oh boy, ooh, wow, that none of this is a good report. And so then the the icing on the cake was bed bugs. Check your bedding. And by the way, if you ever go to a hotel room and you get bit by bed bugs, they're liable for that. They, they owe you for that. Now, here again, whether it's worth it to get an attorney depends on if you have an allergic reaction or something really goes wrong, you get hire an attorney and they have to pay you. Now, here again, the, the, what you get is going to be commensurate with, what it, with whatever your injuries are. And the first time I got them, which was a really bad, bad situation. I mean, they had bit me all over my body. I probably should have sued, but I didn't think to do that. They gave me five nights uh, and, and I stupidly took it only to find out that go back to a Hampton hotel, probably under one of those complimentary rooms and find more bed bugs. So I just, I'm, I'm just done with Hampton Inn, just done with them. Um, but here again, your experience may not be that because, like I said, I've been to hundreds of hotel rooms, so the percentage of times this has happened has been very low. But, you know, after the way I was treated, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to tell people about that because, I mean, it's ridiculous. They should have gone out of their way to accommodate me. They should have said, look, you tell that man, we'll find a hotel room for him. We will, we will pay uh, for his hotel room. I mean, unless they're finding bed bugs all the time and dealing with this all the time, this is an extraordinary situation, right? So what do you do? You make the customer happy. And then you say, sir, we're going we're gonna to take care of that room. We're going to check the hotel thoroughly, and we're very, very sorry. And instead it was, oh, there's nothing we can do. It's got to be independently verified by a manager. Sorry. You're on your own. Homewood Suites. Thank you very much, Homewood Suites. I just thought you probably would want to know. Now, uh, I'm not going to get to the book of Colossians, which is where we are now, but there is one issue I want to bring up before I close this out. In fact, I was going to try to stick with about 30 minutes, but that's not going to happen today. Uh, I have to tell you, folks, I, I rail all the time about this religious kind of adherence to the, the Democrat Party, that Christians ought not be voting for Democrats, Christians ought not be supporting Democrats. Now, there may be exceptions. Oh, true? Okay. There may be exceptions. There may be Democrats who are in violent, I'm using that metaphorically, vehement disagreement. I'll use the word vehement. Vehement disagreement with the platform of their party. 
that they reject the anti-God stuff. They reject the, 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 the anti-life pro-death stuff. They reject the homosexuality and transgenderism and perversion. They reject all of that. And they think they can change the Democrat party from within. In fact, I'll tell you one person who felt that way and I always respected him. I didn't agree with that position, but I always respected him as a man of integrity. That is the late Bishop Harry Jackson. A lot of people don't know that Harry Jackson was a Democrat. Unless he changed after he and I talked, he and I talked, unless he changed at some point along the way. But he told me on several occasions he was still a Democrat because he thought that the Democrat Party had lost its way and he was one of those people trying to help bring it back to where it needed to be. I respect that position. Like I say, I don't agree with it, but I respect somebody who holds that position. And those, so there, there may be those exceptions where you say, well, you know what, this is a different kind of Democrat. I guarantee, I guarantee this, a Democrat who holds those positions will not go very far in the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party has become a creature of the far left. It has become an anti-Christian, anti-God, anti-life, anti-traditional marriage, anti-truth party. So you're not going to get very far, even if you remain in the Democrat Party with views contrary to the views that it, it, it espouses. However, since you all know that I'm a Republican, I've said many times, I put it this way. I didn't join the Republican Party. The Republican Party joined me. And by that, I simply mean the Republican Party's platform and views are consistent with my own Christian and, and conservative viewpoints. And therefore, I can, in good conscience, be a part of it. It doesn't mean I agree with every Republican. It doesn't mean I, I would support every Republican because some Republicans don't necessarily operate in accord with the platform. Denver Riggleman, who was congressman for the 5th District for one term, was one of those Republicans who shouldn't have ever been a Republican. As far as I'm concerned, he should have been a Democrat or, 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 or whatever. I mean, he's running around performing same-sex marriages and all that stuff uh, with the official imprimatur that we gave him. I didn't vote for him. I'm not in the 5th District, but that the people of the 5th District gave him by electing him to be their congressman. And of course, the next time they kicked him out. Good. But, but, but all of that, I say to say this. Ronna McDaniel has decided that she is going apparently all out pro quote unquote gay. Now I criticized her, um, oh, several months ago and back, back in June, because she came out with this statement about, you know, gay pride month and, oh, you know, she wanted to commend the gay community for gay pride month and all this garbage. And I said then, she, uh, she, she must have lost her mind because she said that in the aftermath and in the ongoing saga between parents and school boards, which are primarily leftist and Democrat, pushing CRT, critical race theory, pushing the whole homosexual, transgender, sexual perversion, pedophilia, as far as I am concerned, in the public schools, and she's commending them and saying, you know, I joined with you in Gay Pride Month and all that. Well, first of all, that tells me the woman's not a Christian because you can't be proud of sin, and homosexuality is sin. So there's no pride in it. 
The one we have the, the Proud Adulterers Month. The Proud Thieves Month. I mean, it's, it's preposterous. So, but I know they're going to do it. It's a free country. They have a right to do it. I'll tell you what. You'll never, I'm not president of the United States. Probably will never be. <laughs> but if I were president, you wouldn't get any June Gay Pride Month proclamation out of me. You have to kill me to get that. And then grab my hand and, 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 and <laughs> you know, take, take my dead hand because I'm not doing it. As a Christian, as an American, because I know it's contrary to the word of God and I know it's bad for our country. It is, it is helping our country morph into Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't, I'm not having any part of that. So I want to say for the record, Ronna McDaniel now has doubled down on it. She's now trying to work with the so-called log cabin Republican club, which is a homosexual thing. She's trying to work with them. And by the way, by the way, let me just say this. I realize that there are conservative homosexuals. I realize that. And, and, and for the most part, I agree with their views. But I tell you what, we wouldn't be in agreement that homosexuality is not right or good or natural or normal. I know they're not going to agree with me on that. I don't hate them. I'm glad. I, listen, I'd rather have them on our side than not have them on our side. However, however, I don't want them on our side if what that means is we then have to compromise our views on traditional family and sexual morality in order to keep them. I'd rather them go than have them stay. And so well now, so now let's, let's, let's be more accommodating to the whole homosexual thing. No, no. If you want to stay as a conservative and espouse conservative views, that's fine. You want to live your personal life the way you live your personal life? That's between you ultimately and God to whom you will give an account one day. That's none of my business. But if you want to start trying to change the Republican Party to make it Democrat light and to compete with Democrats as, as Ronald McDaniel's uncle, I think it's her uncle, I believe, famously said when he was running in Massachusetts and got elected to, um, got elected to, uh, well, he got elected governor there, didn't get elected to the U.S. Senate, but said, I'm going to be more pro-gay than Ted Kennedy. Something to that effect, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that the Mormon church teaches against that, and, he's, and I believe they're both Mormons. The Mormon church teaches against that. So here again, go figure, right? Go figure. What that tells me is he, uh, Mitt Romney's a man without any convictions. He's a man without a soul, really. I mean, you know what I mean? Not in a literal sense, but he's, he's just really, really a man without any central core convictions. Oh, the only one he has seems to have is he hates Donald Trump. I mean, I guess that's, yeah, he's got that. He doesn't seem to veer from that. But beyond that, the man's an empty suit. And apparently Ronald McDaniel is following in his footsteps. So let me just say for the record right now, Ronald McDaniel needs to resign. She needs to go. And, and I would urge you to say to your Republican representative, if you are represented by a Republican, I've got some good friends in the Congress. I'm going to tell them what, how I feel about this. She needs to go. You need to get a Republican in there 
who is not going to spit in the faces of parents, because as far as I'm concerned, when parents are battling this whole homosexual agenda in the public schools, and then you come out with this whole gay pride and this, that, and the other, I mean, you're basically spitting in their faces and telling them, we don't want you, we want these homosexuals. I mean, of all times to even say, be wrong anytime, but, but now, while we are in the midst of a major controversy, when a man had his daughter raped in Loudoun County and the school board withheld that information and hid it. And the kid went out and raped some other girl claiming that he's a, 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 a woman in a guy's body, but he goes into the restrooms of girls and rapes girls. So apparently there's some part of him that's not confused about his gender. And then you're going to stand up and say, oh, yeah, we want to be, we want to, we want to recruit the homosexuals. We want the, we want the LGBTQ community. Uh, look, folks, I've said this before. I will say it again. If the Republican Party ever decided that it was going to put in the platform a pro-homosexual statement that somehow normalized, accepted, commended, same-sex relationships, I'm gone. I'm gone. I will no longer be a part of such a party. So let me just make that quite clear. Because, see, I'm, I'm like some of these Democrats who seem to worship the Democrat party and the Democrat party go out and murder your mother. And then people, well, now wait a minute. Did you know they're going to help the poor and they're supporting racial justice? I know they may have murdered my mother, but after all, I'm, I think it's just that bad. It's just that cult. Like I said, yeah, I'm a Republican, but I'm a Republican on principle. I don't worship the party. I work. I, I, I hold fast to the principles that the party represents because of the principles that I believe are rooted and grounded in truth. And if the party ever leaves those principles, I am leaving the party. And you know what? I'm going to take as many people as I can with me. I'm going to tell everybody I know, get out of it. So well, well, well what would you do? I support candidates based upon their views, but I wouldn't give a dime in support to the Republican party. Now that's how strongly I feel about this. And by the way, let me just add to, 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 to how serious this is. I've been telling you all that they are after our children. Okay. They are after our children. And oh, I hope I can find this story real quickly before I have to go. Um, there is a, a, a further push something I've been saying before to enshrine pedophilia. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. To make pedophilia an acceptable sexual orientation. And by the way, this was a lecturer at old dominion university right here in Norfolk, Virginia, old dominion university who argued that pedophilia should not be stigmatized socially. He said that they should be referred to as people 
who feel sexual attraction toward minor children or quote unquote as minor attracted persons, MAPS. This is Alan Walker, A-L-L-Y-N Walker, assistant professor at Old Dominion University here in Virginia, who identifies himself as queer instead of transgender, although I don't know whether he's a man trying to be a woman or a woman trying to be a man. It just gets confusing to even try to follow these crazy people. But he says, I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want to want others to use for them and map advocacy groups, map, map advocacy groups like before you act have advocated the use of the term map. They've advocated for it primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. And what he goes on to say is there's nothing wrong with being a pedophile as long as you don't abuse children. See, I think where they're ultimately headed is to say, but if children want to give consent, that should be acceptable. And I've said this repeatedly, folks. Now you've got a professor at Old Dominion University coming out publicly saying there is nothing wrong with pedophilia and we should not stigmatize it. Now, what party do you think he belongs to? I guarantee he's a Democrat because that's the party of laissez-faire sexual perversion. Anything goes. Do anything you want to do. I mean, put put pornographic literature in the hands of, of young children. It's a good it's good for them. So when the Republican Party and Ronald McDaniel start down this road of trying to somehow commend uh, homosexuality and celebrate homosexuality. They're starting on the same road that the Democrats are farther along on, and I'm not going down that road at all. So they better get it right. They better get it right. Or I will be denouncing the Republican Party with the same vigor that I denounced the Democrat Party because it's not the party that matters to me. It's the people and the principles. Ronald McDaniel needs to go, period. She just needs to go. Resign. And you know what? You can't get them to do anything to reach out to all these minority people who share conservative values. And instead of reaching out to them and spending her resources on that, she's busy taking her time. She wouldn't even meet with me. We couldn't get that arranged. But she's meeting with the log cabin Republicans. She needs to go. She needs to resign, period. Don't hate her, but. Her leadership, as far as I'm concerned, is bankrupt. We need somebody in there who holds conservative, traditional values and, and understands Judeo-Christian values are the foundation of this nation and does not veer away from them. If homosexuals want to join the Republican Party, they are welcome to do that, but they cannot join the Republican Party and expect that the Republican Party is going to soften its viewpoint on the traditional family and marriage and gender, period. And if, 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 if a, if a, uh, a, a homosexual or transgender or whatever they want to call themselves, a queer, as this person prefers to be called, if they want to come in and change the Republican Party, they should be no, they should know they're not welcome. Just go on and join the Democrat Party. You're not welcome. Or be independent. You're not welcome. 
because the Republican Party, in my view, should not be changing its principles and its platform to accommodate homosexuality. And Ronald McDaniel ought to know better. So let me just say for the record, she no longer has my support and she should resign. Resign or apologize and renounce this homosexuality stuff that she's been doing and say, hey, I realize that's not where the Republican Party is and I'm going to follow what I really believe the Republicans Party, the Republicans in this country are looking for and I realize that's not it. I mean, or resign, just go work for the Democrat Party. I mean, if you, you, you're that much into that mess. Well, that's going to do it for today. I think I was thinking I was going to probably be shorter today, but I ended up going longer because I had a number of things to get to, including a bunch of housekeeping stuff. Um, and you all forgive the bed bug discussion, but who knows? It may stand you in good stead at some point if you ever have that unfortunate experience. <laughs> Listen, God bless each and every one of you. I love you. Pray for me because this is a spiritual battle that we are in. But rest assured, rest assured, rest assured with the winners and not the losers. More than conquerors, not the conquered. Triumphant and not defeated. Because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side.